2: It's that time of the week. The weekend is approaching. It's always that good Thursday feel. Very relieved. It's uh. It. I'll tell you though. It's uh. It's been quite the quite the week in the headlines. We've had story after story. State of the Union speech. Uh, acquittal of the impeachment. You name it. The, the. You know. It's. It just keeps 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 going. There's more and more. Um, and and just today. I mean, a lot a lot of uh, new revelations. Stuff that we didn't know and. Um, a lot of definitely talking points that uh, we need to address tonight. But yeah, guys, um, here we are, episode 239, another episode of the Rory Soder Show. Another week. Quite something, I'll tell you. Um, all right, I want to welcome to the show, we
3: have activist
2: and speaker, Sam Stoley. Sam, how are you?
4: I'm doing good, Rory. Nice to be on the show again.
2: Absolutely. Great to have you with us, my friend. A lot to get into tonight. i sorry? I said a lot to get into tonight. Great great that you can be with us. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go.
4: I'm
2: ready. Absolutely. Uh, I also want to welcome to the show, I believe we have with us, we have U.S. Congressional Candidate from Maryland, Tim Baker. Tim, how are you?
5: Hey, I'm doing well, Rory, and hello, America. And this has been an awesome week, awesome event. I can't wait to get into the topics tonight.
2: Me too, man. It's a lot, a lot to get into for sure. Glad you could join us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I also want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have U.S. congressional candidate from Arizona, Josh Barnett. How are you, buddy?
6: Hi, Rory. How are you? I want to say it's a great week for all Republicans and conservatives, and uh, I had a great time uh, watching the. Um, I guess the the Democrats just implode as, as the week goes on. It's going to get even better
2: for us. Absolutely, one one hundred percent. Very very excited. A lot, definitely a lot to uh, you know that, that we're a lot's coming out. I mean, there's just more and more uh, you know things that we're discovering. And I really think a lot of the left's corruption is going to keep getting exposed, especially now that the impeachment sham is over. I mean, they're they're scared.
6: they should be very scared because now they know president Trump with what he said today at the, at the breakfast prayer to Nancy was absolutely hilarious watching her yeah. sit there and have to take it, you know, and it was great. It was great to see. And I know president Trump, uh, finally got that monkey off his back and, uh, you know, and now he's ready to go to work.
1: Amen,
2: brother. Amen. And you know, it's going to be a great 2020, uh, more and more winning, like never seen before. I mean, you know, it's this guy is something straight out of the Bible. I mean, he's a miracle man in every single way.
6: Yes, he is. It is going to be a, a, almost like a biblical event coming up, you know, with what's going to happen uh, into November. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and Republicans, uh, we should take advantage of him and take back that House, retain the Senate, and obviously get President Trump back there another four years.
2: I love it. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, it's going to be a huge landslide in 2020. Uh, you know, th- this is going to be one of the biggest defeats ever. Uh, it's, I-, I guarantee you, I, I think it's the-, the way the left's going, you know, there-, there, are so many people turned off. So I think these numbers are going to be record setting.
6: I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And like I said, I'm out tonight walking. Actually my son's with me and we were out walking tonight, getting signatures and, uh, I, you know, ran into one, one, uh, kind of wacky, independent, I guess you could say. I'll say nicely. (laughs) um, But outside of that, you know, tonight I had, it was a great night, a lot of great Republicans, a lot of, um, I heard the word deplorable again. Um, I think they took offense to uh, a lot of stuff that was said, you know, uh, that Nadler and Schiff said during the Senate trial. And um, it's going to backfire. It's really going to backfire. It's going to be that boomerang effect, and it's going to be, it's going to be something uh, to be said for, um, you know, talking down to your voting base. And those uh, those modern Democrats, there's going to be quite a few crossing over in the African-American vote. is going to go Trump's way as well, more than we've ever seen.
2: Yep, yep. I mean, the, the black support for Trump is bigger than ever before. You know, last time I checked, it in the, in the thir- you know, high 30%, maybe early 40s. I mean, it's very well, better than any candidate ever. In, term, you know, in terms of the, the Republicans So it's highly impressive But uh, Josh I'm glad you could be with us We got a lot to get into um, And uh, you know as usual um, I'm, I'm rooting for you man I, I, We need people like you, like you in, in D.C. protecting our president
6: Thank you man I appreciate you having me on It's always a great time with you
2: Alrighty uh, Stay with us um, We're going to as usual everybody I'm going to get into the small stuff uh, some of the, the small headlines and things that have occurred over the last few days. And then I'm going to get into the big stuff and, um, I will call uh, each person on the panel and like always, whatever opinions or talking points you, you have, please feel free to share. We always bring such insightful, uh, ideologies and, and, you know, s- situations to the table. I mean, there's always such um, high value in people's voices. We always get, um, you know, superstars, I'll tell you, on, on this show. Okay. um, So here we go. So I want to first and foremost say happy birthday to Ronald Reagan, um, one of the biggest inspirations ever in America. Uh, you know, he, you know, he was the last great leader and not corrupt and, you know, all four our signature values and, and traditions. I mean, he was the last, he's You know, Trump's in there now, but we haven't had anybody like Trump since Reagan. And, you know, obviously Trump is on a different level and on a different scale in in terms of success. I I think he's done a lot more, um, especially in in three years, I think, you know, fulfilling 80 percent of your agenda within three years. I I don't think any president has done that. But, you know, I I think the the runner up, the the second closest thing to Trump uh, in existence, you know, in, in our in our past was Reagan. Um, you know, you, you look at everything that uh, he went by and everything that he practiced and preached and, and, and you know, kind of how he portrayed himself. I mean, it's very, very uh, – uh, it resembles Trump and, you know, very similar. It does. Um, there's a few things that I think that Reagan lacked on. Reagan was not the best at trade. Uh, you know, Reagan had some issues on, on certain things. Um, you know, obviously Trump is perfect at trade. Uh, Trump has, per, in, in my strong opinion, and, and I've been studying politics for a long time. I think Trump has, I, I think he's perfected and, and every category, you know, in this industry, in this craft, um, you know, in terms of being commander in chief, I think he's, you know, I, I, I just, he can't even make this up. I mean, it's, it's like, he's a robot. It's like, he, he's not even human. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'll just say Reagan started this movement. Let's not forget that make America great again. you know that you know Reagan was a big inspiration, obviously to trump and um you know it's um i would i i know I know for a fact that Reagan would be really proud today um of of this of this legacy that that Trump is carrying on, and you know it it's sad because you know. We look at what happened after Reagan. You know, we had Bill Clinton, who was one of the dirtiest insiders. I mean, he had some good policies, obviously, but you know, and then we had Bush, who was a rhino, and then we had Obama. And now, you know, it's um, and you see all these people, especially Reagan Democrats, that voted for Trump. You know, there, there's here's the thing about Trump and Reagan, which I really adore and admire, is the pro policy. You know, they'll work with anybody. They'll go across party lines. They'll, yeah, they're they're, they're the definition of, you know, working for we the people. I mean, this is, they're, they're not out for themselves. They're not. You know, think about how successful Reagan was when he came in, just like Trump. You know, obviously not on the same level in terms of wealth, but Reagan was very successful. Popular Hollywood actor, governor of California, you know, he want he obviously had a a very strong passion and inspiration for politics, which is why he got into it. And he knew he could master it well. And um, you know, uh, we see all the things that he did that were historic. You know, um, you know, with the the tearing down the wall, overseas, we we all remember that. We remember, you know, he worked alongside with Margaret Thatcher on on various things. Um. He, uh, you know, I could go, I could go on and on about reggae. I mean, the, the, the economy was really good back then. Um, obviously the economy nowadays, there's a lot more opportunity. It's a lot more involved with technology and various things, but, um, yeah, but you know, he's missed. He's, um, he's all, he'll always be well-respected. Uh, he'll always be looked at in the highway. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I think it's always important that we celebrate these people. And, uh, Give respect where it's due, that's for sure. Okay, Um, I want to get to – okay, here's something really bothering me. So this transgender thing, you know, it's out of control. It really is. This tranny thing, I mean, it's gone to a whole new level. And I talk about this on my show all the time. And I talk about how they slowly, you know, that they keep pushing their agenda more and more, inch by inch. They start very – you know, they start little. They start with the gay marriage thing, and then they push the, the transgender story hour. Then they push the hundred different genders. Then they push the bathrooms. Then they push the sex change. I mean, it goes on and on. We, we all know. We all know that, you know, the radical, the radical ideology, it, it, it just keeps going to the higher extreme. It never stays at, that, at, that, at, a, at a certain level. You know, this is all about the political field with the, with the left and, and how they want to do legislation. They want division. They want people to be offended. They want to, you know, play the victims. They want to take advantage of this PC culture. Everybody, and if you don't agree with them, then you're the bigot, you're the hateful one, you know, you're the person not for equality, and let's not forget, equality is the biggest BS narrative there is. I mean, come on. I mean, they basically want to say everybody can make the same amount of money. Everybody can be Michael Jordan everybody can you know be whatever they want to be no stop stop the sugarcoating, stop the lies, stop the nonsense. you know this is this is what America has come to you know everybody thinks they deserve trophies. everybody thinks that you know they should be put on the highest uh, you know stool you know they, they, they should be that. They, they think that just because they whine just because they participate that they're just as much, Re- as relevant as the winner it's crazy and you know what i blame this on parenting i blame this on the political views in the in this kind of new era that we've experienced with people like obama and people like bernie but uh, I, I tell you you know and, and, and it's these companies you know these corporate companies that you know shove their political views down our throats you know it goes on and on we've got dick sporting goods we've got starbucks uh we got you know oh god let, ugh, so many of them Mom. Um, uh, God, I, I I could I could name so many right now, um, but all these various businesses, you know, we've had issues with. Um, oh God, who is, you know, I'm I'm stuttering here because I I I want to think there's there's a few there's a few businesses lately that have been in the headlines and that are pushing this sort of narrative. Um, Starbucks being one of them, Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, you've got Victoria's Secret, you've got Playboy, you've got Everlast, which is a boxing company. You've got sports leagues promoting this. You've got—it's crazy, it's mindless. And here's the here's the weirdest part: is they're trying to normalize everything that is that is wrong. You know, they they want to push this. This, this, you know, tell everybody they can, you know, for instance, Starbucks over in the U.K., they just recently um, put out a, a commercial that enables uh, the, the uh, teen sex changes. So they are encouraging people that are younger than 18, don't even know, you know, they're still playing with action figures and playing with cartoons and, and still not at that age yet but they're encouraging them to be a different gender. This is, this is what this is what we've come to. You know, they want to go against whatever parents say. It's like these corporations are becoming part of the university epidemic, you know, with, with this indoctrination. You know, and they're getting paid all this dark money from behind closed doors. We know that. I mean, these people are being influenced because you know why people are paying these companies to say these certain things? Because division causes economic stimulation for these for these dark donors, for these people in the high ups, it really does. These people are making a fortune off of the backlash, off of the hysteria, the way we react. I mean, all these people that boycott it, and it, be, it becomes a problem. This is what um, is happening in America. They want to they want to distract. They want to create more and more issues, and then you know, they want to see us, they want to see our reaction, you know, they obviously know there's going to be those people that sadly they can brainwash and convince no matter how insane the narrative is, they can convince that it's all about victim stance and let people be who they are, even if it doesn't make any sense. And they want to claim the left, because a lot of these corporations are controlled by the left, and they want to say they're the party of science and climate change, but they can't even acknowledge that two genders exist. They can't even acknowledge that. You know, it's Wow. You know, and how, how can Starbucks get away with showing a commercial like that to young children? You know, and, and I'll tell you this, you know, the he, she, her, you know, the pronoun thing, that's another thing. I mean, it's, it, it, the, the agenda keeps piling up, and they're not done. They're going to get more and more severe. They want uh, pedophilia. Uh, normalized. They want bestiality normalized. And I'm not making this up. Just watch. I mean, this is, it's already been proven with, from certain uh, politicians in various hard left-wing states. There's there's cameras, there's videos, there's articles, and I, you know what, I'm the guy that firsthand always checks my sources. I don't, I don't just believe anything. But you know what? You got little kids going to gay pride now, little fucking, excuse my French, little nine-year-olds, little 10-year-olds, and there's sex toys everywhere. You've got little kids learning about anal sex in elementary school in California schools. You've got people in my home state of Washington, legislators who want to give kindergarten uh, LGBT education to in kindergarten. When they're still playing with toys, action figures, watching cartoons, I mean, it's like, what what's going on? What is going on here? It's ridiculous. But, yeah, shame on these corporations. And it's only going to get more and more radical. You know, the Starbucks thing, we've also seen the Gillette. Remember Gillette where they tried to do the whole transgender thing, you know, with the with the woke? Um, I mean, yeah, it goes on and on and on. So strange. Okay. Um, here's something I want to talk about, and this goes into – of hypocrisy and how Romney does not represent us. He never has. Uh, I did not even vote for him in 2012. I couldn't stand him. I didn't vote for Obama either. I didn't like either of them. Um, but here's the thing he, he is the definition of a rhino. You know, we saw what he did uh, with the impeachment thing. He wanted to be divisive. He's bitter. He's jealous that he's not in the White House. You know, he, he had to make it. So, it, you know, it wouldn't look good for the president. You know, you wouldn't want it to be a unanimous vote. Um, you know, it, it's, all, it's all just being a sore loser. And, you know, he's always tried to be this guy of faith, this guy of religion. And, you know, what a lot of it's an act. I mean, if you look at who this guy is and who he's ripped off and what he's done to people and how he's in bed with some of the dirtiest donors and some of the dirtiest scums on earth, Um, For instance, one of his partners is on the Burisma board with Hunter Biden. Um, Mitt Romney was recently reported uh, with his Bain Capital firm. He profited billions by bankrupting American workers. Think about that. He profited billions by bankrupting American workers. And this guy is out there trying to say he's for the everyday worker. He's for the middle class. He's this guy of change. I mean, you can't, you can't even make this stuff up. I mean, this guy, you know, and I, I really, uh, you know, it's visible. The guy, his hostility, his animosity towards this president, it's visible. You can see it in his eyes. And, and you had Fox News the other day trying to cover for him. I'm just like, what's going on here? What is going on? Mitt Romney, you know, he should, in reality... Obama was such a weak candidate, he should have beat Obama in 2012. But he sold himself out to, we all know. I mean, we all know. Look at the second debate back in 2012. He basically shut down. In the first debate, he beat Obama. But the second one, it it was just pathetic. But yeah, I mean, these guys are not our friends. Uh, You know, Romney is now being praised by the left, and all the left could do back in 2012 is criticize him and say how much of a Nazi he was, you know, their same ritual. So it's, you know, and they, and they did the same thing to John McCain, but then John McCain went against Trump and now he's an idol to the left.
1: <laughs> so phony.
2: Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, I want to, um I want to bring this up real quick, and this is very important. Um, So, You know, Pope Francis, and I get really mad about this because I miss popes that actually don't discuss politics, that don't get involved with anything but their lane. I mean, you know, you're hired to do a job in a religious setting. You're not hired to give your freaking opinions about the whole world. Sorry. You know, remember when we had people like John Paul II who were just such great role models and Great to the kids and, and great to everybody around him, and, and just so, just just so accommodating, and stayed out of the politics, stayed out of you know what he didn't control, and kept everything as it should uh, for the Catholic Church. But I'll tell you what, this new pope, this guy's the Antichrist. This guy is a, a real jerk-off. Um, he always bashes Trump. Uh, you know, he always wants to talk about how we should let everybody into our country, no matter what, you know, we are, he wants to say that it's the nation of immigrants. And now he's trying to say the rich should pay for everybody that's lazy and everybody that basically wants to come into the country. This is what this guy's saying. And I kid you not, this guy has some nerve. And this is all part of the new world order. This Pope Francis guy, he's not any way affiliated with any part of my Catholic religion. I don't know this guy. He, he's, yeah. I mean, this guy is something, you know, you can't even make it up what, what some of the things he spewed. I mean, the, the policies, uh, going for abortion, going for LGBTQ rights. I'm not saying anything's wrong with gay people. I mean, if you knew anything about the Catholic Church, though, you know it's frowned upon, and a lot of people don't condone it. Um, but I, I also know gay Catholics, so, I mean, I guess to each their own. Um, but yeah, I mean, come on, come on, man. And you know why he does this stuff? He does this stuff for divisive reasons. Don't think that they're, it's just like anything. It's just like the universities. It's just like, uh, these big companies that are taking money from dark donors. They're telling them what they want to say. Pope Francis got so much dirty money in his back pocket. So much. This guy, he wants to talk about walls and how they're immoral. But look around the Vatican, bro. You're covered in nothing but walls. You're protected. Nothing ever happens to you. And you want to talk about gun control, too. That's another thing you want to talk about. But all you do is have guards around you. You're just like the Hollywood elite. I mean, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Hypocrite. Um, air, okay, so here, here is, um, you know, we all saw what happened in Iowa the other night. I mean, these people want to run, an ele- they want to run our country. They want, to, they want to win elections and be in charge. But they can't even control a simple caucus. The most important caucus, perhaps, of their of their cycle. You know, everybody knows, you know, whoever wins Iowa, they have a good chance of winning the nomination. And uh, the other night was just a disaster. I mean, it literally, you wouldn't hire these people to run your little kid's birthday party. I mean, it was all over the place and so many red flags. You've got one of the people in charge of the app that was counting the ballots. That was Hillary's ex-campaign manager. You have Pete Booty Judge. Who donated a bunch of money to it? And interesting how he declared victory even before the results are in. Um, I mean, come on, this is this is a rigged system. You know, I don't like Bernie, can't stand him actually. Uh, but at least he's always been the same. He's always been firm on what he believes in. Um, and you know, they they took it away from him in 2016. They, you know, he was way more popular than Hillary. And they're going to do the same. I mean, he's, he's probably the most popular candidate right now, but they're not going to give it to him. They're going to give it to some establishment person that they can control, and they can throw money down. You know, I think maybe Bloomberg uh, has a chance. I mean, I'm not going to say for sure. Uh, Biden, uh, even Judge, I mean, I don't know. I, I think they're trying to keep it away from Warren and Bernie. I, I, I don't think they want to uh, deal with that. But, you know, who knows? Uh, but I'll tell you what, this whole Iowa thing, you know, uh, anyways, Tom Perez – the DNC chair is trying to order a re canvas of the Iowa votes. He wants to order, uh, basically, in a sense, a recount. He may want to do it over. And, like, dude, you had years, you had months to prepare for this. Why? You had one simple job. And you already said, a lot of you on Twitter, you guys had it all under control and everything. This was going to be an unbelievable caucus. Yeah, we saw how that turned out. Okay. Um, so, here, this coronavirus is out of control, everybody. I mean, it's out of control. And I talked about this on my show last week. And I'm not somebody to believe in conspiracy theories. And I don't like to really go down that route necessarily. But right after we won the trade deal with China, right after we won this deal, we started hearing about this. And it started coming to the United States. Uh, you know, And it is, this is kind of like the A-State. It's just scary. It's killing people left and right. And, you know, we see how there was a whistleblower in China that recently exposed it, and then they killed him. And this was a doctor in a hospital, and they killed him, and they killed thousands of other people. They even think it could be as much as 100,000 being killed by their own government. And their government is sending people like that to our country and disrupting our culture, and it's only going to keep growing and skyrocketing if we don't control it. I get that Trump – you know. State of emergency, okay, but that still doesn't 100% uh, control the outcome. You're still going to get people in this place, and it keeps spreading. you got a couple cases here in Arizona. You've got various situations across the United States. It's happening, folks. It's happening, and you know what? I think a lot of people aren't taking it seriously enough. You know, We can't be oblivious to the facts. People are dying right away within contact of this. You know, it's, it's serious. I mean, and, and here's the scary part, is that something like this, you know, I believe is strongly set up by multiple outlets and multiple parties. But I think the government in China is has a lot to do with it. I think there's a lot of scientists that put this crap out there. And you know what? Think about how much money this makes the government. Um for treatment, I mean, you go to a hospital or they get some medicine like they did it with HIV medicine, that they can put people on it. Then you got this big monthly bill. I mean, come on. You know, I just don't buy that this is accidental. I don't buy that this just randomly happened. I think, you know, there's so many different globalists that orchestrate these kind of situations. And I think a lot of people would agree with you. The New World Order, the people that, you know, we don't really hear about. And even Bill Gates, I mean, you know, this is, it may sound crazy, but go do your research. He's been behind some of the most dirtiest um, medication experiments throughout the world, you know, in different foreign countries and stuff. He's, you know, people want to say he's such a good philanthropist. Well, I agree. He's done some good stuff. But he's also killed people, not lit, you know, with, like, studies and stuff, with some of these, you know, testing medications. And even Alex, Alex Jones talked about it. Um, Joe Rogan's talked about it. You know, a lot of people have talked about, you know, Bill Gates and some of these other people that get involved. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's dangerous stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, think about that, though. The person that really exposed it, the whistleblower in the hospital who was a doctor there, who actually knew the legitimate facts, they had him killed. They had him erased. They did. And whether they want to say they killed him or not, you know, in so many words, I mean, come on. Within, within a few days or a week, he's, he's dead for exposing something? You know, it's, just, it's all sketchy. Um, so here, here's something I talk about on my show all the time. Uh, you know, we got these social justice warriors. we got these victims. And I talk about on my show how the left can create more boxes and they can create all these different, you know, poor me. Uh, narratives. And that's how their base gets stronger. And, you know, a lot of the target, especially lately, is white people. You know, they want to say white people are racist. White people are privileged. White people have all these advantages. And, you know, I I really think that's one of the most ignorant statements I've ever heard in my entire life. Because what, you, what about a homeless person that's white? What about somebody that's, you know, born slow that's white? What about somebody that, you know, is disabled that's white? I mean, are they privileged? I mean, how can you Make such a stereotypical and ignorant, generalized statement like that. You know, I, I I can't. You've got outlets that do this stuff all the time. You've got white professors, idiots that are white, coming out and saying how white privilege is the enemy. You get all this white guilt, and it's just moronic. All these people that don't even know what they're talking about, and they just want to. I, I I really think they like to hear themselves talk, and they really want a reaction. Because nobody in their right sane mind believes every white person is racist, but uh, many, many people, including Vassar College workshop, are making those statements. All white people are racist. All white people are racist. You know, I, you know, you're racist for saying that. Saying white privilege—that's a racist statement. You know why? Because you're basing an entire race off of skin color. And that's the same damn thing you guys lecture us on doing. You say, oh, we're so racist. We're so racist, Republicans. We're so, we leave people in poverty. We leave people hostage. No, we don't. No, we don't. You know, and this is what I said, and I'll say it again the social justice lawyer movement. The more statements that are made like this, it's a moneymaker. These people create division. They create problems. They try to convince all these people that they're crazy and that they have to get on board with this you know, insanity. It's what it is. Think about it. The more groups you can create, the more nonprofits you can create, the more donations you can create, yeah, I mean, there you go. This is what's happening. And the political realm is so evolved. I mean, there's so many different outlets. There's so many different ways that people can capitalize whether it's right or wrong, you know? <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, Anyhow, yeah, just to finish up on this real quick, you know, the college campuses, just to go into that real quick, I don't want to, you know, go into this too much, but college campuses, you know, we have the worst thing ever going on right now. You have communism being preached by these professors, which I ask these professors, you believe so much in that. Why don't you work for free? Why don't you stop... Telling all these students that they're entitled to all this stuff. If you think illegals should come into the country, why don't you take them into your house? If you think that everything should be censored, then why don't we censor what you say? I mean, it's like it's only if they're making the rules. It's only if it's their little game. It's only if if they if they say so. You know, they they can never have it both ways. They can't face the music. And You know, we have people, and they they try to say tolerance. They try to say we're the party of hate. But anytime I see anyone on college campuses causing chaos, it's radical leftists. And they're being violent. They're making death threats, for instance. At ASU the other day, some woman, just some smelly, ignorant, low-life feminist saying stab all Republicans. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. yeah. You guys, you guys are the party of love, aren't you? You guys want to stab all Republicans, and you're just the tip of the iceberg, lady. I've heard way worse from people on college campuses. And you gotta wonder, what the hell are these people's parents like? You know, I bet these parents are the biggest losers on the face of the earth. I bet these parents are miserable, and they're like the the just the nerdiest. I bet the husbands get bossed around by their wives. I bet they're. I bet it's just like such a sad, sad environment. And you really sometimes want to grab these people by the neck. You really do. I mean, you really do the kind of things they put people through and how they think they're big and bad and how they think they can intimidate us and how they think that they call, you know, they, they think they're so special, you know, these little snowflakes. And if you get in their face, they get all scared. You know, they're, they're talk, talk, talk. But once you approach them, you know, they start screaming like little girls, Go home to mommy. I mean, these people, what, what, what else do they have to do with their time? Go hold up signs. Don't shower for a week. You know, oh, my God, climate change. Oh, my God. While, while on your iPhone, while drinking your Starbucks, complaining about capitalism, get out of here. You guys are privileged. You guys are gross. You know what? I I'm going to start going to these campuses and just debating with these people. I could destroy these people in a debate in about 30 seconds with just a few words. It would not take much. You know, it's I can't even, you know, it bothers me. And all these parents, have, you know, even the ones that don't agree with the philosophy at these colleges and are actually have a backbone, they've got it they've got to deal with their kids being indoctrinated. It's sad. It really is sad. Okay, uh, you know, here here's something that's really disgusting, and you know, this goes into the hateful left and how they're this is how they're defined. You know, we have people on the left now cheering on Rush Limbaugh's cancer. That's right. This is how low these people will go. This is how misinformed, how ignorant, how immoral, how unethical they are. they are. They are, that's where they're going. They're going straight for the throat. You know, who does that? You have to have the biggest lack of class on earth. You have to be the shittiest human. You have to be the most horrible person to say something so rotten, so wrong, so horrendous. You, and I, 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 I thought for a second I couldn't, you know, I, I knew probably there'd be haters, but the graphic material that's written about an icon that has set the standard for political radio. I mean, this guy has made radio what it is. Whether you like him or lo- you know, whether you like him or not, you have to respect him because he's he's actually shined light on both sides of the aisle in many ways. You know, I mean, and he really explains politics to people. Who else do you know that does all these shows for this long a time, three-hour shows, and doesn't have any guests, repeatedly talks over and over? I mean, I'm good at improvising. I'm good at talking, but I couldn't do it for three hours without having guests. You know, I know I have my long rants, but Rush Limbaugh takes it to a whole other level. This guy is the definition of greatness. He's, he's one of my strong radio Inspirations, just one of the reasons I got into it, as well as people like Howard Stern. You know, and I can't, we can't deny that either. You know, I, and I don't like how Howard gets political because I know him and Trump have an old friendship for a long time. And you know, I, I, I but I'm not I'm not going to get off topic. But, um, but yeah, I, I really think this whole Limbaugh thing is, um, you know, you, you can't you, you can't even make this stuff up. What these people say, and you know, they want to go. After Trump's family, they want to go after the children. You know, there's no limits with these people; they'll go to whatever level. Um, And you know, there was there was uh, there was a rumor, and this is hilarious. There was a rumor that Hillary Clinton might take over the VP position um, if somebody's elected. And then, and I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. Many news reports, uh, many news outlets were reporting it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this woman wants to be in, an, in, in full power. She wants to be the first woman president. She's not going to be anybody's sidekick. She's not somebody that's going to take orders from somebody like Joe Biden. You know, she, she – uh, I think she's extremely humiliated. You know, after losing, uh, la- you know, in 2016 and, you know, everything she's uh, – yeah, uh, uh, this woman is – and she's, she's mentally ill, let's face it. You know, and she loves to hear herself talk. And she loves division. No matter what, she'll always be bitter and envious of of her situation. And imagine if she got in power. Imagine. And, you know, I I really think with everything that's been exposed about the Clintons, we see how the Clinton Foundation has gone way downhill. I think pretty soon uh, I I think they're going to go away. At least that's my hope. I mean, I, they're losing so much relevance. People have woken up. Okay. Um, all right. The big stuff now. I want to. Um, I want. I want to talk about this whole Nancy Pelosi thing from the other night. What a scum! What a witch! What? I mean, this. You want to know what the definition of evil is? Look at Nancy Pelosi. Look at who her father was. Look at who her brother was. Her father was the corrupt mayor of Baltimore back in the 60s. My good friend Joe Arpaio used to work for or underneath. He was one of the high, high cops, one of the big top cops in Baltimore at the time when Pelosi's father was mayor. And, and the corruption with Pelosi's father, I, you know, it, it goes back. My point is the family of the Pelosi's. And who these people are, uh, it's, it's the perfect definition of greed and corruption. These people, for the longest time, it's, it's built up. It's piled up. Uh, they are the swamp. You know, they have never put America first. Pelosi has always put her own interests first. She only makes a couple hundred thousand a year, but for some odd reason, she's got a net worth, I think, of, what, $300 million, last time I checked? I mean, this woman is in bed with every single corporation – all these you know, donors, and, and, and think about how long, like thir- over 30 years of being in there, the damage that's been caused just from that lady alone to our, you know, to the, to the rule of law, to, to our founding fathers, to we the people. I mean, you, they, they want to talk about the mafia being corrupt. Nancy Pelosi is way worse than the mafia people like that, people like Chuck Schumer, politicians, the Hillary Clintons of the world. And as far as I'm concerned, the Clintons and Pelosi, they're on the same level. They're no different. And that, you know, the House speaker to act this way, you know, I don't don't expect much from her. You know, have your opinions, do what you're going to do. You know, we can't stop you. you. You've already been in power for so long, and I don't see anybody beating you. Sadly, you know, because we all know why. I mean, a lot of these establishment politicians have dead people voting for them. They got voter fraud. They've got you know dirty ballots. Um, they've got so much you know power in their areas. And otherwise, they'd be voted out. Look at Maxine Waters. Look at I mean, look at these people. You know, and um, I, I. But anyways, you look at the way she acted. You know, and, and ripping up the paper um, and, and, and totally rolling her eyes and, and putting down the president and, and trying to delegitimize and, and trying to downplay how fantastic he presented himself. They'll never give him credit. You know, he could cure cancer, and it will never be enough. They're always going to have a problem. And even, even if they agree with him in the past on certain things, Nowadays, they're going to oppose it just so they can say that they're anti-Trump. It's all partisan politics. These people are on a mission. And I really think we all know what's going to happen. They're going to keep trying to impeach him over and over as long as they have power in the House. But once they lose that power, it's over. It is over once they lose that power. So, you know, I – And we see Matt Gates, who he wants to send over, uh, he wants to file ethics charges against Pelosi for tearing up the the speech. I mean, think about what she tore up, a a dedication and and honor and and a a tribute to our our military, uh, to, you know, somebody that was born mentally challenged, you know, people that got out of jail, people getting scholarships. You know, everything they say, the left says they're for, you know, and if this was a Republican, if Paul Ryan would have ripped up Obama's speech, even though I can't stand Paul Ryan, he's a rhino, can you imagine the backlash just because of the Republican label, you imagine, they would never stop talking about it. But what does the media do? They justify it. They say, oh, she was right to do that. They try to say Trump is Hitler. They try to say Trump is this terror. I mean, come on. Come on. It's not fair. And we'll never get honest and balanced coverage. And they're always going to cover for the left, the media. And that's why we're in the situation in a, lot of, in a lot of aspects. That's why we're in the situation we're in. You know, it's, it's sad. It really is. And think about you know, everything they put us through with the impeachment, millions of dollars in taxpayers wasted, taxpayer dollars, uh, hours and hours of witnesses, nothing. We got no witnesses, they got them all. Uh, closed door meetings, uh, all hearsay, no sufficient evidence, no legitimate facts, and playing by their own rules, not letting certain people come forward that could have cleared the president. You know, going and colluding with foreign entities to get information on him when they're trying to say that that's what we did. But that's what they did, spying on the president, leaking to the press, over and over. Look at what they did, and they got nothing, and nothing came out of it. How do you explain that to your constituents? How? And even – I mean some of them are so brainwashed. They're like, oh,
0: Trump got away with all of it once again. And,
2: and people are trying, to, in certain ways on the left, trying to praise Nancy Pelosi as brave and heroic, trying to say that she's this big, top, tough dog for ripping up a paper. And what's tough about that? The woman is tweaking like she's on drugs all the time, can't even form a complete sentence, and they want to say that she should be the next president. I mean, that's what some of these people on the left have said. But there's also quite a few that want answers. How do you explain to your constituent after three years and you did not impeach him? successfully. You did not get rid of them. You know, it's, and I say this all the time, at least the Democratic Party was once something of substance. At least they had, you know, I, I haven't really agreed with most of anything they've presented in the past. Um, I mean, I'm moderate on some things, but, um, but yeah, I mean, now it's just communism. Now it's just division. Now it's just, it, it's, it's hateful rhetoric crazy um and president trump you know what a guy i mean what a guy staying so strong so calm so brave and just keeping his spirits up during all this you know a lot of presidents or anyone would not be able to handle this they would have left they would have the pressure would have got to him but president trump has giant brass balls this guy never he nothing it's like nothing bothers him it's like he he's bulletproof he's invincible this guy, and he makes it look easy too. He's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. And you know what? They're terrified of him because he's giving all the power back to we the people and exposing.
1: You know, they have
2: everything to hide. Don't forget, the Democrats like to accuse us of what they're guilty of. That's what they do. And no, they never, ever take accountability. Ever. And we saw President Trump give a great speech today. Thanks all his um, support from, you know, from the politicians around him, from people in his cabinet, from the people that fought for him as attorneys. Um, you know what? And just the, the passion and the dedication and the love and the, and the sincerity from him, uh, you know, he didn't have to do that. But he took over an hour uh, to really give praise and, 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 and say how much of, how blessed he was, you know. And I'll tell you what, and I'll say it again. That State of the Union speech the other night was fantastic, absolutely incredible. Amazing stuff. Um, let's go to let's go to Sam. Sam Tully, go ahead.
4: Hey Roy, uh, let me see if I can put some of this together. Let me start with Nancy. Um, you know, Nancy Pelosi. It, it's it's amazing to me. Um, well, it doesn't surprise me if she would do something like that and get away with it because the media doesn't care. The media right. has a Democrat's back because the media actually is a propaganda arm of the Democratic Party. What I found fantastic was uh, how the Democrats set on their hand in the State of the Union speech when the very people they claim to represent were being honored by the president and they kept their mouths shut. Now, we look at the fact that this uh, little girl, uh, Janiah, got this scholarship uh, in, in the face of the school superintendent shutting down, uh, you know, limiting the number of kids, the 50,000, that can get out of those those broke-down schools. But yet, the news today, we hear that 23 schools are being shut down in Philadelphia, but they're spending $400 million on a new prison. I mean, in Penn, yeah, in Philadelphia. Now, think about that. <clears throat> Democrats won 't educate kids they, they got thirteen schools high schools in Baltimore where not a single uh, student is at reading proficiency, but they will they won 't do a, a thing to educate these young people, but they 'll spend all the money they can to incarcerate them. That shows you how much Democrats really care about minorities and the poor and of course, Nancy will keep her mouth shut because of that now. Rush Limbaugh. See, when I, one of the things that happened when I decided to leave the plantation many, many years ago before the walk away movement was even an embryo, one of the things that people always said, Rush Limbaugh, he's a racist. Rush Limbaugh hates black people. Rush Limbaugh, this, Rush Limbaugh, that. And I know it was all a Polovian. Uh, You know just a knee jerk reaction Or at least I assumed it was But since I like to know Exactly what I'm dealing with I decided to find out for myself And at the time I was working For actually most of the last uh, 30 years of my working life I commuted at least an hour To work So I decided to listen to Rush Limbaugh every day I said if he's a racist I'm going to find out And I listened And I listened
1: And I listened
4: and I never heard Rush say one racist thing. Now, he will slam you, whether you're white, black, or polka dot, if, in fact, you are a liberal and you are destructive to the people. And he did call Pelosi stretch, which I think everybody can recognize that it probably fits. So I knew the, 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 uh, the left would try to celebrate his, 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 his bad health. But as far as all these names, as far as saying that he was a racist, saying that he was a misogynist, saying that he was all these evil things, nothing is further from the truth. The fact of it is, is Rush stood up for people. And his call, his call screener, snurdly, as he calls him, is a black guy. He's been there for years. So people, they will go ahead and accept what they're told without looking at for evidence, I believe in searching stuff out and knowing for myself. And these these liberals, where you talk about the one talking about stabbing all Republicans, well, liberals, you know, they only care about liberal. Their tolerance only goes so far as themselves. They can't tolerate anyone that can intellectually stand up next to them and give them a counter opinion. That they they just can't handle it. I mean, these people, by and large, come from this generation of. Kinder of uh, uh, I don't know what the heck you call them millennials or whatever that they were told when they were a little kids that everyone wins they weren't taught how to lose you know little kids we used to play dodgeball and if you didn't get out the way you get hit inside your head with the ball so you learn how to you learn how to move you you, you develop your reflexes well they banned dodgeball they can't do that anymore because it might hurt them uh, when I was a little kid we had jungle gyms that were made out of steel and we jumped in sand, and we had concrete, but they had a thing called band you put on there when you scrape your knee. Well, these kids have plastic jungle gyms and rubber mats. So, you know, you're not supposed to hurt the little darlings. They're never, they're never supposed to feel anything, and they grow up totally unprepared for society and find out that they're in a world where mommy can't protect them anymore. Now, I don't know about this coronavirus. I have no idea if that is any kind of conspiracy Or nothing But one thing I do know That there are a lot Of is going on And in China And in other countries Even when they're trying to combine Animal and human DNA And different kind of things Some of it is supposed to be To try to develop organs Or uh, help people But you know I'm, I'm sure Frankenstein scientists Are out there Developing pandemics And all kinds of other nonsense So it's just that people just need to beware. Mr. Romney, I remember you were saying that you didn't vote for either one of them in 2012. In 2012, I was under a total moral dilemma because I had one fellow that thought he was God and another one thought he was going to become God when he died. Uh, I was totally against Mr. Obama because I knew what he was doing. And I knew what he was doing was detrimental to everybody. As far as black folks are concerned, after he set us back 50 years, although he's only half black. But that's another story. But, and I saw how um, McCain did nothing. He, it, was, it was, I don't even know, I guess it was his turn. And, of course, this was Romney's turn. And, yeah, you were correct. Romney wiped the floor with him in the first debate. But when they had that debate on... Um, what do you call that? Uh, when he, You know, I, I, my brain is going dead, but it's dealing with foreign governments and foreign situations. He kept his mouth shut. He said not anything about Benghazi. That would have been the perfect time to bring up. What the hell was you doing, Mr. President, when they were calling and asking for help? Where was the Secretary of State? He would have wiped the floor with Obama then, and it just shows you that he was bought off. He was part of the, the the old guys' club, and if he was supposed to win, it wasn't supposed he wasn't supposed to win by standing up for what needs to be stood up for. And and actually, when you talk about the fact that people like uh, President Trump because you fight back, I had a friend of mine uh, that that went to a meeting at the Reagan Library, and where the Speaker of the House was there not not a uh, not the guy you mentioned, but the one before that. I can't even think of his name right now. You know, the guy that's a marijuana advocate now. Bonner, I think that's his name. Anyway, they asked him point blank, why won't you people fight back when the Democrats slam you all the time? He said, well, we don't operate that way. And see, the American people are sick of folks that won't fight back, just get slapped around, and that's how when I grew up, Many black people came to to the the false ideology that it was the Republicans who were the party of the Ku Klux Klan and slavery and all that stuff because nobody would stand up and tell the truth. Everybody just assumed it was Republicans because that's what they were told, and the media didn't give us the truth. You didn't get it in the history books, and the Democrats steadily spread the lies. Well, going back to Ronald Reagan, I didn't vote for Ronald Reagan, even though I'm sitting over here in gas lines at 3 o'clock in the morning because of uh, Jimmy Carter, Iran, and the dadgum Ayatollah, and the odd even days in California. But something happened during the Reagan presidency every time I listened to the man. The man didn't sound like what he was supposed to be. He didn't sound like the devil incarnate. He sounded like somebody that was real and cared. And I started paying attention to him, and then once I decided to get serious in my theology, be serious in my Christianity Everything lined up More biblically from the, uh, the Republican end and the, the Democratic End And then I'm, 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 and then when I saw How Reagan addressed the nation after the Challenger disaster I said there is something special about this man That was my walk away moment That was when things made me investigate And then I investigated and I started looking And I found out that no It was the Democrats who was a party of the KKK This was before the internet it was a Democrat that was a party of Jim Crow. It was a Democrat that was a party of slavery and lynching and all that stuff. And I thought out how I was being bamboozled. And I decided then and there, I don't want to be bamboozled. You know, I mean, and when I would tell some people, they didn't even want to hear it. Well, I'm of a mindset, if I am being eviscerated with a square pole and no grease, it hurts, and I want to take the splinters out. So, therefore, I won't tolerate it. I decided to move forward, and from that point on, I've told everybody what I thought. And, I, and, and the fact that it was the Democrats who hate black people then and hate them now by evidence of the fact that in Philadelphia, they'll shut down 23 schools in predominantly black area and build a $400 million prison and at the same time don't want to give people uh, vouchers just like that little girl got when she went to the State of the Union address. And let me end with this. Well, I'm going to sort of tie it in. This transgender nonsense. This stuff is of the devil. I mean, the Bible says, and in and, First and, and Timothy chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Now in the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Well, transgender isn't human. I mean, God didn't create that, God created man, and He created woman. And one of the stores that I will not go to today is Target, because Target let men in women's restrooms. And, and, and any place like that I will not uh, contribute to if I can't avoid it, because there are men and there are women. And there are going to always be men and women, except for when we decide to mess with what God uh, created, and therefore we become enemies of God. And in that same sense, now when were talking about bestiality and all this stuff. They even have people in bestiality brothels in Germany. And all that garbage that starts in Europe filters its way through Canada and over here. And the same people that, that want us to accept transgenderism, like you said, they want to make pedophilia uh, legal. I mean, the boys clubs used to be a moral place that stood for God and country. Then they let the uh, homosexual boys in, then they let the homosexual scout leaders in. Now you can't tell me the people with those proclivities, as you put them out in an environment where they can engage, those proclivities aren't doing it. So the nation is going down the toilet in a sewer, and it's up to the church and people of right mind to stand up and say, "Well, now they have it." And so I thank God for Trump. You know, people can talk about his past all they want. It means nothing to me. I mean, well, God will pick somebody and use them. He used Cyrus. He used Darius. He even used Nebuchadnezzar to get his will done. And I believe he's using President Trump right now. And that is the only boardwalk uh, we have between us and the satanically inspired uh, destroy American uh, agenda of these communists and these Democrats.
1: No, I hear you. Absolutely. I hear you.
4: No, it's, 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 you
2: know, I just very well said, good points. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're in a time like never seen before. I mean, this, this radical agenda, it just keeps being pushed and pushed.
4: It's time, you know, if we have to stand up. People of right mind, even if you're not a Christian, you know full well that you're either XX or XY. You're either male or female. There ain't no middle ground. There ain't no two different things. You, 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 and 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 this this nonsense about well, you know, I'm 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 joy today, but I'm Jonathan tomorrow because this is the way I feel. Well, I feel like I'm a man all the time, and if I see what looks like a man, I feel like that's a man too. I don't care if he decides to wear a dress or some culottes or a shirt and tie. If he's a man, he's a man, and 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 that's my feelings because that's what it is. So I'm not changing. Yeah. No, I agree.
2: I agree. Very, very well said. Um, Let's go to to Tim Faison-Baker running for Congress in Maryland. Tim, I know you probably have a lot of thoughts. Go ahead.
5: I do. I'll try to keep it quick for you. So uh, you said something that really struck a nerve towards the end. You said how the Democrats accuse us basically of what they do. And I've said before, my background is I was an executive in mental health. And what that's called is transference. And that is so important to understand  … … that throughout the history of man, transference has always occurred, and it's blaming other people for what you really believe. It's overcompensating, and, and what the topics we're talking about was a lot of those were talking about exactly that. So we'll start with the impeachment. The whole impeachment thing was really the Democrats trying to cover up their own tracks and blaming the president for doing exactly what they were doing, like Biden… And his, and his son and, and Obama and all, everything they were doing, they knew, they were guilty of, but they convinced themselves, some of them, and some of them just outright lied to say it's the other party that's doing this. And, and that is what we have to think about when anything comes out of the left's mouth because it, it's in their head, and, that, and that is their, that's their motto of, of how to act on things. Mitt Romney. You were talking about Mitt Romney. Yeah, he's a rhino, and that's the same exact thing. He's living through transference because he didn't get to be the president because he was following along with that party line and just do what you got to do, and he wouldn't speak up for the Americans and and right. and basically say, hey, you know, look what happened in, in Libya. So now he is against President Trump because he's got a sore – Spot for him, and he can't check that 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 hatred. So he is living it also through transference. You talked a little bit about the Pope. Uh, same thing. We we discussed it plenty of times. Where the Pope says, "Oh no, walls are immoral," and yet they have a huge wall around the Vatican. It's 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 a do as I say, not as I do mentality. And, and, and then the whole thing with racism and millennials and how you know you know just the typical. The white people are racist, your privilege, or something like that. Well, here's here's a fact. A lot of people are racist, and it doesn't matter what race you are, and most of us are mixed with different races throughout the history of time. What matters is how you act upon that. And when you are saying that white people are racist, and it's a lot of white people that are saying that, they might have their own feelings about other races. And what they do to try to overcompensate is transference, and they blame the, just the typical white person, the typical American. Anything American is, is wrong with them, and that's what they need to overtake. And, and, and the thing with the Super Bowl, and, and you were talking about how uh, everybody – they want everybody to be equal. Well, they know that they have their limitations, and they know that they might not be—I don't you know—the best-looking person or the hardest-working person. So what they do is they take out that feeling and they transfer it to the people who work hard, people like Donald Trump. And you talked about Donald Trump and his stamina or his ability to get through this impeachment. It was—it was amazing. It was great to see. I don't know if I could handle something like what was going on, but I'm—I I thank God that president trump was able to handle it we all knew it was fake from the very beginning and he stood he stood strong and he did what he needed to do to get through this and he played them like he played them like a fiddle we we saw exactly what was going on and when it got to the state of the union the other night i watched how he was playing chess and he purposely had that thing orchestrated so it was an awesome state of the union but then By having Nancy back there with her little antics, and by the way, she is from Baltimore, as you said, and I got stories about that. But having her with those little antics makes people sympathetic to Donald Trump because they see this little person acting all childish at her age, which she's probably about 80, I'm thinking, and and ripping up the speech and and, and things like that and people not standing. And and it shows people, hey, who's the more responsible and professional people up here and people felt more empathetic towards president Trump and generally the Republicans and, and the traditional Americans that stand for our values. A um, couple other things, uh, Iowa, this is uh, a part of the transference thing. They say that we're fixing the elections. They say that elections aren't fair and they put their, they, they put their things on with, with their, their methods in Iowa. And they can't even run these things efficiently. I personally think that there's a lot of backdoor things going on, like Clinton did when she was winning against Bernie, apparently, which we know that there was a lot of shenanigans there. So, I, who knows what happened? You know, while while on the call, we I got an alert from Fox News that talked about they think they have all the votes now and Buttigieg wins slightly but over Sanders. Wouldn't surprise me if they're screwing over Sanders again. I don't like Sanders, but I know where he stands on issues, so I can respect him for that. And the party is afraid of having him in there because he doesn't play ball. And uh, so I'll give him kudos for that. Um, We talked about about Ronald Reagan and Rush Limbaugh, And, and these are two really iconic and important people for me. I grew up as a child watching Ronald Reagan. And one of the things that comes into my own campaign is what my father had taught me about Ronald Reagan. He said he didn't have to be the smartest person, but he was smart enough to surround himself with the smartest people. And I try to emulate that, and that's what we really want with, with a representative. It's you don't, have to be the, you don't have to have all the answers, but you need to be able to find those solutions. You need to be able to bring in people around you that can give you the, the necessary advice. And the ways to get what is best for the people. And that's one thing Reagan did. And Rush Limbaugh, I, I started listening to Rush a little when I was about 14 years old. And he, he had a huge influence. And, you know, for a while I didn't listen to him. You know, when I was a teenager, I didn't really care as much. But as I got older, I started really listening. And it, it's an integral part of my day to listen to Rush. Well, uh, without revealing too much, I, after I got into the race, I uh, I spoke with Bo Snardly and and Russia's people were interested in in what was going on in Baltimore, and they had an interest in in helping w- with things. So I had this connection, and I spoke with Russia a couple times on air, and to see you know he's going through that. It sucks for anybody to have to go through this and their families, but we knew the left, and we knew how callous they are, and we knew that they would do these types of things. Just because they don't like the man's political ideology, and I'll say, you know, a few years back Jimmy Carter was diagnosed with brain cancer, and although the man's completely opposite of me, I uh, I didn't root for anything or cheer for his demise. You know, I wished I wished the best for him. So it, it, it's it's a difference in I guess an American philosophy of you know you have the God-given right to do what you want as long as you don't take away that right from another, and you work hard and you get what you want. And then the other side is opposite of that, and they transfer all their negativity towards the what we what would typically be Republicans today because they want to destroy this nation, and that's their ultimate goal. And I'm going to end with, with this. Third, about 33% of my uh, constituency in my district is black, and I, ha- I focus heavily on them because in order to flip a district that is traditionally blue, I have to – Get those votes coming from the walkaway movement, uh, coming from those traditional Democrats. And uh, I've worked with the walkaway movement. I actually have Brandon Straka coming into an event I have on March 7th because we're really focusing on how to flip something like Baltimore. And yeah. the one message that really resonates when I'm, when I'm in the urban areas and, and they say, yeah, we, you know, we feel like the Democrats don't take care of us, or so they take us for granted, but the Republicans are racist. And I said, no, no, no. I was like, you, you can think that if you want, but I will say this. The Republicans, we want you, and you know we want you. We promote a black conservative anytime. you know, we'll, we'll put them on TV because it's something that's amazing to see right now. I said, but what you have to do is think of it like this. Come into our party and take it over, and if you can come in and take it over, you have your stamp on what this party really means. And we want them to have the conservative values, but when I say that, their eyes really open, and they say, I understand. I'm never going to have a role in the Democrat Party, but I could come to your party, and I already believe in conservative things, but I but I have fears. But if I come in there, I can make sure that the party is the way that I want it to be, and that is a welcoming message to many, to many people who are afraid to come over to being a Republican and uh, – it's, this is going to be a historic year. So uh, I thank you. I, I hope I didn't go too long. I know you're a little pressed on time, I'm sure, but uh, it, it's great topics. I could go on for hours. So thanks, Rory. Absolutely,
2: always a pleasure. I always love your insight. Uh, great stuff. Thank you. Um, let's go to. We got a, we got a lot of guests coming on tonight, guys. I'm getting to everybody. I want to go to uh, U.S. Congress candidate in Arizona. I got Josh Barnett. Josh, go ahead. Sure you have some thoughts. Okay, rory
6: I got a lot to go on I, with what you put out there. um You know, the one thing, <laughs> said, happy I'm, birthday, to Ronald sure. Reagan. <laughs> I know you, you always you always get get those topics going and you get my mind moving. um You know, Ronald Reagan, you know, obviously was the, I guess the the Donald Trump before Donald Trump, I guess you could say. You know, and, and one of my favorite quotes of him is. Is what we're seeing today happening, or attempting to happen? Is if fascism ever comes to America, it will come in the name of liberalism or progressivism. I guess you could say, and that, that is so true. You know, and America really needs to wake up and see and see what's really happening. Um, you know, uh, I, I I'm not gonna get I'm, I'm not gonna get on your transgender because I'll probably say something I shouldn't say. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's, there's two genders. And that's just the end of the story. I, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, I, mean, I you know, I'm very, I guess, socially libertarian. You know, I could really care less what anybody thinks they are or whatever they want to be at their house. I, you know, I, I don't care. But just don't shove it down my throat or anybody else's. Is how I look at it. You know, um, I think we just need to, to get through the nonsense. Like you said, it's, it's X X and X Y, and that's all there is to it. Um, you know, uh, I I do know some I do know some men that are I, I would say lowercase x x's and you know and different stuff like that. But um, you know, it's um that's a whole different issue. But um, you know, the State of the Union, I absolutely love the State of the Union uh, speech that he gave. You know, and one thing in particular that stood out to me that I really liked, I actually found myself clapping when I heard it because it's something that should be happening is the the bill that he brought up, and I think it was Chilis, I believe. Um, that allowed uh, victims to sue sanctuary cities for crimes committed, you know, by illegal immigrants that hide out in their sanctuary, you know, their little sanctuary cities that they have. I think that's just absolutely fantastic, um, and and that's one way to put an end to the nonsense is to hit him in the pocketbook you know. And, um, and I, I love hearing him say that. And I also loved him, I love President Trump talking about keeping God in schools, in prayer in schools, and you know that literally made me clap in my car. You know, I feel like I feel like our society morally is just disappearing. It's just, you know, falling off the cliff. And um and I and I think um you know, you see a lot of stuff happening today that the decline of people attending church or the belief in God and, and you see what's happening with our country it kinda goes hand in hand. Um, you know, from uh from from abortion to to whatever you want, you know, wanna wanna discuss. Um one thing that kinda hit me too this week, um are really irritating me for the past few weeks as well. On me, uh, I, I I said some choice things about him, and and some of the um, uh, Mormon people in Arizona got upset with me. And I told them, "Listen, I don't care what you think about it because it has nothing to do with his religion. I could care less that he's Mormon. You know, he was Catholic, whatever. It doesn't matter. He's a terrible politician. I care. I think his politics are terrible. I don't care. I don't. I don't care what his religion. It has nothing to do with it." Um, so finally, after he voted, what, how he voted to try to really stick at the Trump, right? He finally, you know, trying kind to of get a little de- uh, jab at him. Uh, even the Mormons were, were pretty upset about it. So, and and they they understood. I talked to a few of them. They understood where I was coming from. Uh, but you know, the the one thing too, also in, in in typical Jeff Flake, you know, you know, in in true McCain style, going out and and saying his support. So courageous, you know, for for Mitt Romney. You know, to be the only U.S. senator in history to convict a president in his own party. I mean, the guy's an absolute joke. It's disgraceful. It's disgusting. Um, you know, you can pick, pick whatever word you want to use for this guy. Um, you know, I'm a Catholic, and and, and I agree with you. I, you know, having a pope like John Paul who, who was, a you know, he, he's out spreading peace and love and, and people getting along. And, uh, you know, and then you have, you know, this new pope. And you know he's he's a leftist, you know, and I'm not happy with it at all from the stuff I hear coming out of of, of the Catholic Church or the Vatican. Uh, very, um, I guess you could say, um, contrary to, to even my belief system as a Catholic, you know, and, and and very, you know, like you said, they they have you know these walls that the surrounding the Vatican, but you know they complain about us putting the wall up to protect our country. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, tonight, you know, like you said, um, like Tim said earlier, you know, Buttigieg comes out of Iowa, um, which is absolutely hilarious because they're never going to let Bernie win, you know, and, and, and you know, these guys, what, it takes three or four days for them to come up with this, you tally, you tally up the vote <laughs> out there. And, um, you know, they, they, they can't even run an Iowa caucus properly, let alone, you know, they want to control. Three and it's you know healthcare for three hundred thirty million people. You know it's an absolute joke to even think that it, that's even possible. With these people, but I really can't wait to hear um, Donna Brazile live some more on Fox News about it. You know, hear hear her, yeah. her, her BS on Fox News. Um, you know, um, every as you know as you know, Rory, every every politician, Democrat politician in the state, Ruben Gallego, Greg Stan, Raúl Grava, Ann Tom Hylan, and Kristen Sinema, all voted to impeach our president. You know, McSally yeah. voted against it, obviously. Um, you know, and these people, the people of this state, gotta understand that they're not in it for any other reason than to keep their party in power. They don't give a damn what the people think, and and the people really need to wake up around here. Um, you know, yeah. every, you know, these Democrats—they voted to take your vote away, our vote away from 2016, but also they were trying to take our vote away for 2020, and that should piss people off. You know. And if that doesn't really show you something of what they really believe, what they stand for, I don't know what will. Um, you know, you brought up Hillary being a VP, which is absolutely – I, I, I hope that happens. That would be fantastic. That would be great. Um, it would be a guaranteed loss for them, you know. Um, kind of like when Ruben Gallego, you know, would, would support, like Eric Swallow for president, and then he'd drop out like two weeks later. Or and then he backed back Kamala Harris, and she dropped out two weeks later. He's like a cancer, you know. And – and and uh, and I kind of feel like Hillary would be the cancer too as a VP. It'd be like a, a, a definite, a definite loss for the for the Democrats. Um, uh, that, you know, back to the State of the Union, Nancy Pelosi, you know, she didn't look very solemn or prayerful ripping up that document, right? <laughs> so um, I, w- I was glad to see Matt Gaetz going after her, and you know, for her potentially was it violating uh, what was it 18 USC I think 20 something one or something like that, um, but her turning up the State of the Union speech. To me, that was equivalent to turning up our constitution, you know, and and all the people, the stories that were told, you know, uh, with the unification of the uh, of of the of the soldier with his with his with his kids and his wife, and you know the um, you know just so many everything every story that was told, and you know, the guy the guy uh, the brother of, of the you know the died and he was there, it was disgusting to see her do that. And it was all pre-planned, you know, with her little slit in the paper, and just all for show. She, they're an absolute joke. You know, and then they're all lying, all the Democrats, Schumer and Rubin and, and Nancy, all lying, you know, saying, but, you know, oh, the, the speech was full of lies, but they never give any specifics because they're all full of crap. You know, they don't have any specifics to say. Um, they're, just, they're just pandering to their audience as usual. You know, and then on top of it, you know, these, these clowns spent $32 million in a Mueller investigation. They spent about $3.6 on the impeachment investigation and proceedings, and that's $35.6 million dollars. That they wasted. And not only that, the time wasted, you know? And and, and I kind of, um, you know, she, and then, and then Nancy has a nerve to say President Trump looks sedated and is like trying to talk, you know, kind of talk trash to him. I find that funny coming from the lady who's like a drunk, you know? And so um, she doesn't have a whole lot to say. Um, but, you know, the more they talk, as usual, the higher the poll numbers go up for President Trump. I think the height in her band, I think it's a like 49% right now which is actually three points higher than what Obama was at the same time. So, you know, let them keep talking. Um, you know, um, and then just, just tonight I saw, um, while we we were going through stuff, Trump, you know, that we killed another Al Qaeda leader in in Yemen. Yep. Uh, so
7: I'm sure we'll hear
6: that, you know, say, Oh, we shouldn't do that. (laughs) You know? Um, so, you know, they're always putting their, their party power over our country and it, and it should disgust everybody. But, uh, you know, I I had there's there's a case, and I don't know if, if you saw on my page or on Twitter or whatever. Um, I I've been um kind of on DCS uh, or Child Protective Services called DCS out here. I've been kind of on them about stuff that's happening here. Uh, there was a 11 year old girl that was found in an attic. Uh, she was there for Jeez. two years, dead. They found her remains Jeez. in an attic. Trench. Um, I actually, oddly enough, I was getting signatures at Encanto Park a few months ago and ran into a couple that was having issues with DCS and just randomly came up in conversation. And uh, we kind of kept in touch with them. Well, it turns out it's their niece. And they actually had their kid taken from DCS for marijuana because he smoked marijuana.
1: <laughs> and
6: and, um, <laughs> it just turns out that this poor little girl they found her remains is because um, they had family that was going to take her in and then uh dcs wouldn't give it up because they, they make money when they adopt out so they adopt it out to these foster parents and then she ends up dead luckily the two other siblings are alive and okay probably not mentally okay but you know they're alive and okay and it sounds like hopefully they're going to get the kids back but we are actually doing something sunday at two o'clock at 59th avenue camelback uh we're going right. to um Try to draw some media attention to what's going on. You know, to me, it's, it, it's ridiculous when you have – it's like how many more kids need to die or get murdered or raped before somebody steps up and does something or crying out loud. You know, it's, it's no, absolutely ridiculous. I agree. Ridiculous. It's not, it's I, not agree. I
1: agree. If it's, it's
6: isolated, I, I totally get it. You know, I mean, it, it, bad things happen sometimes. But this happens all the time, and not just here but all yeah. over the country. DTF needs reformed immediately. And um, there's just no if ands, or buts about it, you know. So um, I don't know one to say anything to change my mind on that one. Um,
2: no, I hear you. It. Know, but we also have. I hear you. you know, we have, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I, I just, I just have to take a quick commercial. But uh, tell everybody yeah. what, where they can get involved, where they can connect with the campaign, all the stuff you have coming up. Just every, everybody, so they, they know what's going on.
6: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can reach me at barnettforaz.com. At Barnett for AZ on Twitter and Instagram, and Josh Barnett for Congress on Facebook. Uh, we we will be at the uh, Levine Barbecue this Saturday from 11 to 4. We got a we got a booth set up there actually with the Trump Victory Team um, as well. So we'll be down to have a fun, collect signatures for the petition to be on the ballot, and um, and we'll be out this Saturday.
2: So if you can get out
6: there 11 to 4, come on out and say hello.
2: Yeah, I'd love, I'd, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. I, I, I may actually come join you. We'll see. I'll, I'll let you know because I'd love to, love to help out.
6: Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. That would be great having you out there.
2: All righty, buddy. Stay with us if you can. Um, and obviously, everybody can go to your website for campaign donations. Uh, it's barnettforaz.com, right? Yes, that's correct. Perfect, perfect. And you're on Twitter, Facebook. Everybody can connect with you on social media as well.
6: Yes, yeah, so I, I I try to keep it uh, I try to keep it somewhat entertaining. <laughs> I try my best. I love it.
2: No, you always do good, man. All, all the stuff that you put up, I love all your posts. They're always great content. Uh, but Josh, Josh stay with us, everybody. Uh, we'll be right back. This is the Rory Sodder Show. Uh, I got a, we have a lot of guests coming on. Stay with us.
8: TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat-iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless
5: apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue or throat or difficulty breathing or swallowing stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial
2: hello everybody this is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder show are you an aspiring entrepreneur do you have an app idea do you want to save money well i got great news for you my company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Soder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. For all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega 45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit the com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. I'm
0: Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey, I tried the patch, they didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix.
2: Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking.
0: Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit.
2: Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea.
0: I can't tell you how good it feels
1: to have smoking behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix.
0: And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listened to in 25 different countries
2: on nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night. We have a lot going on. I uh, do want to welcome to the show. I believe we have popular scientist and business media mogul Tom Borelli. Tom, how are you? Welcome.
8: Hey, Rory. how you doing?
2: Doing very well. Your first time on the show, my friend. I, I love your work. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself.
8: Well, sure. I, you know, I started off actually in in the corporate world, the business world. I actually have a background in science. I've Master's degree in uh, biochemistry, Ph.D. in biochemistry, and I ended up getting involved in politics. And now I'm a uh, contributor with America's Voice News.
2: I love it. I love it. And what are you doing over there? Because I, I know some people over there. It's a great. I love what it's a great company. You know, they're doing a lot of great activist stuff, and <clears throat> um, they're gaining ground. It's getting more and more popular.
8: Yeah, it's relatively new. Uh, I think about just over a year old, and uh, they're. America's uh, americasvoicenews.com and they basically have programming i think now for you know most of the day i'm on three times a week uh, monday wednesday friday on uh, america's daily report is the name of the show and uh... it's a lot of fun you get it on uh... streaming on on, on streaming through roku or any of those devices as well as on facebook
2: I love it. I love it. So uh, tell us tell us a little bit about your, you know, your being a scientist. You know, I, I know you you've done quite a bit. Uh, you've, you know, it's it's been quite the career for you. you you've, you've done you've been involved with a lot of different
1: projects.
8: Yeah, it, you know, it's basically uh, you know it's a very interesting tour of life, so to speak. But uh, I started off in science because. I really liked uh, knowing how things worked, and when I was in uh, corporate America, I had an opportunity to work in Washington D.C. As, uh, as a as a member of the uh, staff in Congress, and that gave me exposure to the way Congress worked. And it kind of was a scary experience. Uh, went to corporate America for a little while, and then got involved in public policy because. That's really what uh, makes a lot of things, almost everything, work here in the United States. You get the wrong group in, and uh, we're all suffering. You get the right team in, and we all can prosper. So after leaving the corporate world, I've been involved in public policy, been involved in a number of public policy groups, been involved in shareholder activism, I've challenged corporate CEOs when they try to make money uh, based on the government activity, government action, government regulation. And more recently, I've just been involved more in communications with respect to doing TV interviews, you know, sometimes Fox Business, Fox News, and America's Voice News, Newsmax. So I try to get my, my voice, my views, my experience out that way.
2: I love it. I love it. And, you know, how – so you've been, you know, your time in, in, the, in the business executive world, you know, what made you, what made you kind of leave there and go into, into politics?
8: Well, I was involved in in, in latter part of my career in corporate America. I was involved in kind of public policy, and I had a firsthand look at the yeah. way big government can really affect uh, businesses. And then the the company I was working for was uh, basically broken up, and uh, I got spun off. And I decided to uh, take a jump into the world of uh, public policy because I was kind of doing that to the later end of my career. So I just started into being involved in public policy uh, after the corporate career and being involved in, you know, really trying to really relate all my experiences and then bring it to public policy because a lot of people are involved in public policy but don't have real-world experience. And, you know, I have a a combination of all of that uh, because of my kind of collective experiences through life. I love
2: it. I love it. And you know, uh, you know, just just over the years of, of being in business and how how great this economy is right now. Have you ever seen anything like it? I
8: mean, it's unreal, isn't it? You know, it, it it is phenomenal, but you know, a lot of ways it's not. It's a pretty simple formula. If you cut taxes and you cut regulations, the what they call the animal spirits of entrepreneurship in the United States will take over. And of the former President Obama, what he had, he basically had. The boot of government against business, and businesses were afraid because they would do something they could get regulated, and it really had constrained the entire economy. And then President Trump comes in, being a businessman, it's pretty simple formula: you cut taxes, you cut regulations, and look, boof! And you know, again, it it is, it is phenomenal and. And we see it in the numbers. We see it in the low unemployment rates across the board, especially for minority groups. I think we're at a 50-year low in unemployment rate. Uh, women entrepreneurs I think are, are leading the pack. I think the most, many of the new jobs are, are from women. So you basically just remove government and things will happen. And what's really interesting is that Even though we're running bigger deficits, it's not from the tax cuts. The tax cuts have actually put more money into the federal treasury, but the spending is more, and that's the problem. So hopefully when President Trump gets reelected this year, he can then focus on cutting spending because that's the real secret.
2: Right. No, absolutely. 100% agree. And, you know, you're a very popular guy. You've appeared on O'Reilly Factor. You've appeared on, you know, Fox News, Fox Business, Glenn Beck, you name it. You've written a lot of books. You write for a lot of big columns. You know, I I also just read here, which is pretty impressive, uh, you served as science fellow for the U.S. House of Representatives um, Committee uh, on Science, Space, and Technology during the 100th Congress.
8: Yeah, that was my experience in uh, in government, and that's really what made me change my direction, at least interest, because prior to that, I just wanted to be, you know, being a jokester here, but, you know, being a lab rat. I like I like the experiments. I like the day-to-day experiments to get immediate results. It was kind of fun, but they sent me to Congress as part of a fellowship program, the company I was working for, and, and essentially that became a much bigger lab because it was far more important, you could spend a lot of time in, in a lab and maybe make one or two discoveries. But in the bigger world in public policy, you could affect more lives by influencing public policy. and that's, that was really the change in direction of my career. that one year I spent as a congressional staffer.
2: I love it. I love it. I, you know this is this is incredible, incredible stuff. And when you were in DC, when you, you know when you've been around this culture, Especially when you're getting into complicated subjects like science and technology, what what kind of you know? I I, I guess my question is the 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 capabilities and power they have. I mean, did you notice a lot of corruption?
8: No, I didn't notice corruption, but I I, I noticed a lot of very strange views. Which uh, because I went you know number of years ago,
2: like like, in other words, that didn't make sense. That Kind of, it looked like they were only
8: working for special interests and
1: didn't want to do what's right, kind of like that? No, it was really
8: more the real split between Republicans and Democrats. And when I went, it was a number of years ago, I was almost politically neutral. I really, you know, I was a Republican, but I wasn't, I was a scientist. This stuff really didn't turn me on. But what I noticed was that the the Democrats in, in the House, that they, one of the biggest, observations I made was that Republicans wanted to win, but Democrats wanted to win, but they also wanted to destroy people. They wanted to, if they didn't like someone, they wanted to see if they could put them in jail. And that was kind of a wake-up call to me, just in terms of the difference between the two parties. And again, remind you, I was more or less neutral. I was a Republican, fine. Voted for Reagan, fine. But the Democrats they 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 had an agenda not only to win but also to punish, and I think right. they could this is not and that was basically minor leagues back then to what we're seeing now because you no, can't win by the facts they they always send a message that you cross the line we want to punish you and this is what sure? we're seeing now yeah. to for a very big degree. And that was one of my wake-up calls to say, hey, this is a big problem because they're not really necessarily interested in the truth. They have an agenda, and if you cross them, they will try to punish you.
2: Very true. Very true, Tom. I could talk to you all day. I want to get you back on soon because there's a lot more I want to talk to you about. Uh, But I do have to get to the next guest. But tell everybody where they can connect with you, find your work, all that good stuff.
8: Yeah, America's Voice News. I'm on uh, three days a week, again, on Roku, streaming Facebook. America's voice news.com. I also, uh, write for my wife's website, Deneen and, uh, Twitter, Tom Borelli.
2: I love it. I love it. Tom, it's a real pleasure. I want to talk to you a lot more. Let's, let's get you back on very soon. Okay.
8: Okay. Thank you, sir. Alrighty.
2: God bless. Talk to you soon. Um, I, also, I want to welcome now, I believe we have U.S. Congressional Candidate from Texas, Nick Maudis. Nick, how are you? Hey, Roy, how are you? Doing very well, my friend. Welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I I know, uh, you know you're know you running over there and your first time on the show. Excited to have you on.
7: Well, thank you for having me on. Uh, I
2: think I've seen you on,
7: on Twitter for a while and, uh, and probably on Facebook as well, but uh,
2: didn't
6: really yeah.
7: expect anybody to reach out to me. So uh, my name is Nick Mutos. I'm running for the 35th Congressional District here in Texas. That's in Central Texas. Runs from Austin to San Antonio. Uh, it is probably one of the five worst gerrymandered districts in the country. It was challenged at the Supreme Court. Didn't really do me any favors because it's about uh, it's a D plus 15 district. And it's got an incumbent that's been here 13 terms. But times are going to change. He is uh, He's ready to retire. And I'm going to do it. Not because I've dreamed about being a politician, because I haven't. I spent my entire life being a, a servant. I was 30-plus uh, uh, years in the Navy and the Army, uh, 20, 20 years now as a as a prosecuting, uh, prosecuting attorney in multiple states and jurisdictions. And uh, I'm sick and tired of sitting on the sidelines and waiting for somebody else to do something I should have done a long time ago. Not because I need to be a career politician but because we don't need career politicians. And um, I'm finding that to be true. My my district covers six counties. It's got two big metro areas and a lot of rural areas. But the same story is repeated in every one. We never see our representative. He doesn't represent me. Um, And a lot of people haven't voted because of that. They just don't vote because they don't feel like they have a viable candidate. And so it's very refreshing and I apologize for being late on the call because I was out in one of those counties tonight in Caldwell County in Lockhart, Texas. And, uh, they were very enthusiastic. There's about to be, and we're all seeing it. I was at a uh, state of the union MAGA meetup the other day in San Marcos. We're about to see a
2: giant red tsunami
7: in 2020.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's, you know, I look at it very similar to the Bill Clinton era, you know, uh, when they tried to impeach Bill Clinton and the Democrats became more popular and they won back the House. I really think the Republicans are going to win back the House in 2020, and I think we're going to get even more seats in the Senate. And, you know, uh, they all, the Democrats all wanted to talk about the last time in 2016 how it was – or in 2018 how it was going to be this blue wave. But in reality, they failed to mention that we gained – more seats in the Senate than we actually had. There was nothing a blue wave about it. And, um, you know, I love it, man. I love what you're doing. I love the pro-Trump, the patriotic uh, mentality. And, and we need these America policies. We need businessmen. We need outsiders. We, we don't want any more established politi- establishment politicians, I think. And I think those days are limited. I think there's enough people that have woken up to the reality of, you know, we have it too good with a, President like Trump, uh, you know, if if we ever go backwards, it'd be like going from a five star meal to back to a, you know, McDonald's. I mean, it, you know, it's, I mean, it's common sense, you know. And he really created this trend and this movement for all these people like yourself and, and these outsiders and these people that love our country to run for office and and to you know to, to to yeah to to cherish to cherish these moments. I mean, it, and to really. Um, I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean the, the, the outsider has never been more popular. You know what I mean?
7: I have never, and I, I talked to my uh, soon-to-be fiance. She's also my campaign manager, a uh, medically retired Army nurse practitioner, um, about that all the time. In our adult lives, we've never seen this kind of enthusiasm and this dramatic of a turnaround in any group, Republican or Democrat. And it, it goes back, and it, it doesn't just encompass the present. It's not the Barack Obama hoping change where he got young people riled up. It is the rest of America that was called the silent majority that is not silent, the, the middle America that wants to go back to our founders' principles. And I haven't seen yeah. anything close to that. And not only was the, the impeachment fiasco a waste of time and taxpayer money – just like the whole Mueller investigation, just like what we had to waste for Horowitz to tell everybody that DOJ is doing it wrong under Comey and Ray and Rosenstein and the CIA under Brennan. Uh, But they are sick and tired of things like what we saw with Justice Kavanaugh. And every time somebody is put up there that wants to support the uh, Constitution, as our founders saw it, they are demonized and attacked Viciously attacked If you remember Kavanaugh's young daughter I believe she was 10 Was attacked, talking about how Her, her father was a rapist And they do that study. They attack Barron Trump Now fortunately he's, he's shielded a little bit better But when did kids Quit being out of bounds Especially minor children And the, the Vitriol from the left The Eric Holders, kick them while they're down The Cory Bookers take him out and and beat him up. But Joe Biden, I'd like to take him behind the woodshed and whoop his butt. Where does that come from? It's not from the right. I was in the military active duty for all of Barack Obama's eight years, and I couldn't stand a minute of his presidency. But I didn't attack anybody. I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't threaten anybody. I did my job, and I voted, and I voted. And we win an election. We conservatives win an election. With an unorthodox president Who keeps his promises And is brash And will punch back And they don't know how to handle it And it's really upset Everything It has really turned the apple cart completely upside down And it's going to come back to them. It, it's already coming back and, it, and Nancy Pelosi Her temper tantrum today During her weekly press conference Is just what I would expect that and when Jerry Nadler said yesterday, before the day was even done on acquittal, he said, we're going we're gonna to subpoena John Bolton, and we're going to keep investigating. Americans don't want to hear that. We the people don't want to hear that. Yeah. And for all the career Gosh. politicians who like to say, oh, I'm not a career politician. I have to run for my position every two years. Really? So why don't you give up that $5 million bankroll from the 13 terms you've been in Congress? You know, Give me half of that. And we'll we'll start from an even you know an even starting position. They don't want to do that. They want to hold their power. They want to hold their money. And we're having none of it. And so, just like the uh, gentleman, not the not the last caller you had, or not but the candidate before from Arizona. And I spent some time yeah. in Penale County or, or uh, in Chandler, Arizona, for about three years. And so yeah. it was nice to hear some of the places referred to. But there's a lot of veterans running. A ton. Look in Texas. Yeah. And you have retired Navy SEALs, retired, you know, um, Navy Master Chiefs, myself, and it's just in the San Antonio area. We've yeah. got four districts, five districts, and there are at least six retired veterans in that district running for large offices. It's not because we think we're better. It's because we're sick and tired of the career politicians telling us and our families what they can do with the freedom that we defended, And they are perverting every single one of them, just like the city of Austin did with their curriculums for third through eighth graders, teaching them anal sex is safe sex.
2: We don't want any yep. of that.
7: That's not the school's no, I... job.
2: That's not the government's yeah. job. No. Right. No, I agree. I agree. You know, we're – it's really one of those times where it's more radicalized than ever. And, you know, I, Nick, I, I, I want to I bring you back here very soon. And, you know, I, I definitely could talk to you all day. There's a lot I want to talk about with Texas. I unfortunately have to move on to the next guest. But tell everybody how they can get involved with the campaign, how they can donate. And uh, let's get you back on the show here in the next week or two.
7: Absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, my, my campaign website is Nick Lutos for Congress. It's M-O-U-T-O-S.
2: My Facebook
7: is Nick Mutos, Uh, and you can probably talk to me because I'm the only one that runs it. Uh, Vote Nick or Vote Nick Mutos is my Twitter, and that's me that's responding and talking, and uh, Nick Mutos for Congress is Instagram. I'm most active on the uh, Facebook and Twitter because I can interact with people, talk to them. Nobody's going to offend me, and I will do my best to answer your questions. If you want to get on there and troll, I'll probably ignore you because I'm not going to do that. But anybody that's serious, I will talk about the issues. And any help I can get, I'd appreciate it, uh, because I am here to work for the people and not take the big money from the corporations and the medical uh, industry that my opponent takes.
2: I'm here to work for the citizens. I love it. I love it. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, I'm rooting for you, and we'll definitely talk to you soon. God bless you, Nick. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. All righty. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the show, I believe she's with us, we have U.S. Congressional Candidate from Texas, she's running as an independent, we have Karen Ben-Moyle. Karen, how are you? Welcome to the show.
3: Hey, how are you?
2: Doing very well. How's everything going? Your first time so on, out, tell can us you? a little bit about yourself.
3: Well, I'm running for Congressional District 14 in Texas. Um, I'm running as an independent candidate. Uh, a little yeah. bit about my background. Um, I'm 20, just turned 27 years old. Uh, I be, I graduated from the University of Houston in 2018, and I am political science. But um, my work experience throughout political science has a lot to do with working for you know various congressmen, political speeches, speech writing. I worked for local councilmen. Um, I actually was able to implement local policy in the city of Houston when I was um, started out in politics um, for the Office of Business Opportunities for Minorities and Women. Um, after and then I worked for congressional um, former congressional uh, uh, former Congressman Ted Poe, who, um, who was the first I guess one of my first bosses that I had in politics. Um, a little bit later on, after I finished my um, internships at the university, it was the 2016 elections um, that year, and I uh, took on the responsibility of becoming the University of Houston um, Students for Trump president, which was a national movement, basically, to, you know, get youth voters out and get, you know, supporters of both the right and the left. Um, to come on board with, you know, a, a candidate of the people. And because the sake I mean, the future of our nation was, was at stake in 2016. And reading the speech on college campuses and stuff like that was, you know, becoming obsolete. Um, so what I did was I, we became an activist group on campus and uh, I wrote opinion pieces for um, the newspapers. And it was a very controversial like, time. But we were able to pull through um, at a liberal university, Uh, the college Republicans and uh, the college Democrats, they were, you know, divided because it was the whole Never Trumper movement. They'd pretty much died out. So basically after Trump won in 2016, we decided, well, what are we going to do now? So we decided over that winter break, I'm trying to like sum all of this up really quickly because we don't have much time. (laughs) During that break, we decided um, to begin Young Americans for Freedom work with the National um, young Americans for Freedom, which was a bipartisan organization, um, kind of, it was, it, it, we were able to get established with the university, and we immediately began recruiting people. Um, it was at a time, again, when freedom of speech on campuses, we had uh, a free speech zone. A lot of young students weren't able to speak their minds because, uh, you know, how, how liberal the um, school yeah. was. Yeah. So we were able to bring uh, that first semester um, two speakers. The first one was um, Lauren Cooley. We brought her. She's a um, – I think she's currently working for the Washington Examiner now, but she was – she came for a MAGA event to promote um, Trump on campus, and then we brought Dinesh D'Souza. We hosted him at the university um, that May, and we were able to get a pretty big turnout, and it was kind of the first event, or conservative, big conservative to come to the university, and we were able um, to pull that off. Then that next semester, we brought Herman Cain, um, and we had dinner with him, and we had um, him come and speak to the University of Houston students about, you know, the future of America, nice. and, um, how important it is to keep, you know, our values as Americans alive after that or that same month i i brought or david horowitz um reached out to us um to come for pro bono uh anti-bds movement. because i am half israeli and my dad's from israel and my mom is american so i'm um a huge supporter for the state of israel um as well as for america but um they he they knew that I was Jewish and everything, and they said that you know no other student would want to host him. But our uh, University of Houston actually had the biggest you know boycott, divestment, sanction movement in the country. Yeah. It, we host, or that the school hosted the um, the entire the entire BDS movement is all hosted in the at the University of Houston campus every year annually, and so that week right. we brought Horowitz, which was like an anti-BDS. Um, movement and it was the first.
1: Karen,
2: there's a lot of noise in the background. I don't know. Oh, so, sorry about you, you on speaker? that. Is that better? Do you have it on speaker?
3: Yeah, yeah. You were on speaker. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I don't have
2: it on speaker. That It ruins the flow of the broadcast.
3: Sorry about that. Is this okay? No, you're
2: fine.
1: Yeah, it's way
3: better. Okay. So, okay, moving forward, we were able to bring David um, Horowitz that same month, and he ended up becoming a very controversial event with the school. They tried uh, yeah. many things to get it canceled, and we also had right. a lot a lot of pushback, and it ended up becoming uh, – getting nationwide, like Breitbart. And the Jerusalem Post even, like, reported on it or inter- interviewed us afterwards because it was an entire they made yeah. a huge scene in Social Justice for Palestine, and it became like a very big movement yeah. on campus to be an anti BDS. So then I graduated, so um, got Karen, into politics. I only, Karen, I only have
2: like two minutes. Karen, I only have like two minutes. Can you, can you tell us <laughs> about the campus? Well, basically, I, 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 I run for.
3: Oh, sorry. Um, To wrap it up, I'm running for Congressional District 14. I just moved back from Washington, D.C., working for News Gingrich and for lobbyists, and I saw how corrupt the political system was. I saw how corrupt both sides actually, you know, leaders are. I do believe, you know, I've been a conservative activist. I do believe that the intentions of the Republican Party, you know, originally were, you know, good. But I do believe that, since especially looking back at the GOP, did not have any support for Trump, and neither did, um, neither did the Democrats. So he, he pretty much ran independently of both parties without either support. He ran, you know, with the support of the people, which made him pull through. So I do believe that the election of 2016 has opened up a path for right. a new era how do of, people, how do you know, pure.
2: Campaign?
1: How do okay,
3: so how do you, uh, you can go to our Facebook page. It's uh, karen, uh, facebook.com slash karen for all of us um, 2020. You can also go to our we- my uh, website. Uh, it's a temporary website now, but it's com And we have a lot Perfect. of uh, innovative issues and uh, ideas that we are coming up with for the independence campaign, which is, you know, the – independence I will appeal to both sides of Congress and make Congress confident again because no one else will pretty much so perfect perfect excellent well thank you
2: um, and I, I wish I had more time we'll get you back we'll talk more I just I have to wrap up pretty soon like I only have like three minutes.
3: Yeah no no I know I understand that's fine. Uh, hopefully right, we can talk you. again soon. Thank For you. Sure. Good talking nice to you Roy
2: you, you too. too. Bye bye I want to welcome real quick, and I want to get more time with him on the next episode. But we have U.S. political candidate from Florida, Pedro Berrios. Pedro, what's up, buddy?
9: Hey, buddy. How are you? How are you doing?
2: Doing very well. Uh, I'm going to get you back on uh, next week because we'll have a lot more time. But tell us just for a couple minutes um, I know you're running. How do people get involved with your campaign? What are you working on? Some of the events that are coming up? Well,
9: you can get involved in my campaign if you go to PedroBarrios.org. Is at Barrios, B-A-R-R-I-O-S. And I'm down here in South Florida. So that's the Miami, Collier, and Broward area. Those are the three counties that my district is part of. And, you know, right now we're just, we're just fighting the good fight, going door-to-door, knocking doors, getting signatures to get on that ballot, and just, you know, fighting the good fight, man. Uh in pretty much educating people what's happening in our state and how I'm going to resolve the problems that we're having, the issues. But, yeah, that's pretty much right now, as you said, quick. And what are, the, what are the three, real quick, what are the three main issues facing your area? Well, as a state representative, I get to the entire state, but pretty much education, the indoctrination of our children in education, our toll systems, we're getting told every half a mile we, we get a new toll. And pretty much our our public service, you know, with the foster care children here in Florida, we're also having problems with that as well. Just like the other congressional candidate was speaking about earlier today, we're having problems with our foster care children. A lot of them are going out on the street after they turn 18. They don't have anywhere to go because they're they're not ready to, to start up alive and nobody takes them. And so we have a lot of youth homelessness all over downtown, all over Florida. And that's something that we really have to tackle,
2: absolutely, absolutely, and you know
9: um i I know
2: that um there's obviously a lot of voter fraud in Florida too, especially in broward you you said your area covers Broward county, right
9: uh yeah, just a tiny bit of west uh West Miramar that's in Broward, it's very tiny, but it's still you know it's Broward county, yeah. And what kind
2: of what kind of are you getting a lot of good support? Are you are you gaining a lot of ground? Yeah. Getting a lot of good
9: re- reactions? I am, I am actually. And I'm getting from everywhere and from all ages, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking also for the young kids. You know, I'm just only 26, and I'm trying to get that college kids to come out and help and get them involved because I know all the indoctrination is happening in our colleges. Just how they try to indoctrinate me when I was in grad school, telling me how we should adopt the uh, the Cuban healthcare system in our country and uh, me as a Cuban I was like how are you telling me that when you know it, they're dying in their in their hospitals so it's yeah. it's very bad what's happening in our schools and that's one of the biggest reasons I want to tackle so much our educational system here in Florida and you know maybe catch up throughout the country because we need to take this socialist and communist out of our schools that's how they're This is what what we're seeing today. This is why all our country is messed up because we didn't focus and we were not focused on who was teaching our children. And look look at what's happening now.
5: I agree. I agree.
2: And do you think Florida is at risk of ever going Democrat or do you think it's pretty much going to stay red and stay – what are your thoughts? I know there's a lot
9: of people moving there. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of people coming from New York, a lot of people coming from all over the place, and the thing is that those people are bringing with them their way of life, their views. So we are at risk. Of course we are. Just like, look what happened in Virginia. They got uh, from the governor to, you know, the Congress. Everybody was a Democrat. First thing they do, they try to take out their guns. And here in Florida, they're already trying to uh, put in the, in November, they're already trying to put a bill to be able to, you know, like for people to vote to ban assault rifles, uh, semi-automatic and shotguns, and that that's where we're heading. And because a lot of yeah. people are misinformed, because that's what's happening. A lot of people are getting misinformed. They're going with the flow, you know. With the Parkland shooting here, they they created this the red flag law that everybody thinks is a great thing, but that's not true. It's unconstitutional. Right. How the police just goes gets a warrant. From the judge because the judge gives the warrant 98% of the time I think or something ridiculous and they go and pretty much take away yeah. your guns from right no know, I it's agree. ridiculous I agree
2: right? yeah no it's cra- it's a crazy it's a crazy world out there um, Pedro I want to get you back early next week let's talk more uh, and tell everybody once yes. one more time where they can go to your website
9: Pedrobarrios.org that's barrios as in B-A-R-R-I-O-S and, yeah, just yep. contact me there. You can contribute. And sure. I'm looking a lot for volunteers and people, you know, just to come out and see what we're about. So, yeah. Thank all you All right, for thank having you so much, again. my friend.
2: We'll talk soon. Take care. Thank you. God bless. Um, Sam, quickly tell everybody where they can connect with you, all that good stuff.
4: They well, can connect with me on my website at InHimFirst.com, InHimFirst.com, and Samuel Talley on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Talk to you next time.
2: Perfect. My- always a pleasure. Thank you, Sam. All right. Uh, Tim, go ahead. Tell everybody when they can connect with
5: you. Yep. You can find me at um, sorry, at com or on Facebook at Baker for Congress. Thank you for a great night. And as always, American Kids First.
2: Absolutely, my friend. And uh, always a pleasure having you with us. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you uh, next week. Thank you. All righty, um, everybody, it's uh, it's been quite the show. Um, I want to thank all of you. Um, you know, uh, it just keeps growing and growing. Um, you know, we've got a lot to look forward to on the Rory Sauter Show, and uh, I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. I love you all. Um, you know, thank you again for all the support, and we will see you soon. I'm Rory Sodder, mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much
1: love. Cheers. Cheers.